Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we've become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey, show your scars. I am so excited and I just can't hide it. Okay, I won't sing because that's awful, but I am excited. This last week, I got to talk to so many cool people with such different journeys and experiences and injuries, but all with the common drive and ability to find different ways in the process to get the best out of themselves and learn the most in recovery. And I think today feels extra special to me because of a few reasons. One, I get to talk to somebody who plays for my hometown NFL football team, which feels really cool and exciting. I also get to call somebody by my name, a fellow Jordan. And I don't know, I don't know a lot of Jordan. So whenever I get to say or use my name when referring to someone else, I don't know, it makes me feel kind of cool. Uh, call me weird, but I don't really care. I already know I'm weird. And I just love this guy's story. So if you can't guess by those pretty obvious hints that I just gave you, I'm talking to Jordan Norwood of the Denver Broncos, current free agent, but most recently played with the Broncos. And he's just a really cool guy. I've met him a couple times at a Make-A-Wish Foundation event that we do here in Colorado, which is awesome. So shout out Make-A-Wish for all the amazing things you guys do. Jordan talks to me in depth about his journey from being a little Hawaiian kid growing up in Hawaii to kind of moving all around the country, how that helped him in his career as an NFL player. He talks about the upset of not getting drafted of not getting really picked to go to a college because he was undersized and how his belief in himself and living in the moment is something that he has latched onto throughout his whole career. He talks about the hardest part of his injury. He also talks about how during his injury from his ACL, he was gifted a camera from his girlfriend, now wife, and how that has really spun off into something that he thoroughly enjoys to do and is really good at taking photos. So you got to check out his photos. He talks about a moment during the Super Bowl that not a lot of people know about. And it's really cool. And it leads to one of the biggest moments ever in his career. Overall, this conversation with Jordan Norwood was so fun for me. I really enjoyed talking to him because he is a cool dude. He is just so laid back and pretty level-headed it seems and looks at things as they are and I think that a lot of the things that he says are really helpful and can help you throughout your injury recovery. So I'm going to leave you as I kind of lead you into our conversation right where I kind of dove right into his life and where it all began in Hawaii. So here we go, my conversation with Jordan Norwood. Okay, so I kind of want to start from your your beginning, like y- you growing up and you were born in Hawaii, right? Yeah. And did you live there? Did you grow up there for a, a lot of your life or how long did you live there? Uh, so I was born in Hawaii, um, lived there for about probably till I was six. Uh-huh. 
Um, my, my mom is born and raised Hawaii. My dad got to Hawaii when he was in high school. Then he went to University of Hawaii. Um, but yeah, since moving from Hawaii when I was about six, I, we've kind of, my family's bounced around a lot. I've lived in uh, Arizona, Virginia, Maryland, Texas, Pennsylvania, um, and that's all yeah. up until high school. So okay. actually Hawaii is the place that I lived longer than anywhere else. Oh, really? <laughs> Do yeah. you feel like, I mean, the Hawaiian culture is so cool in general and um do you feel like there are parts of that culture that really have stuck with you as you've kind of gone to different places in your life and grown up yeah absolutely um i mean i think the being born into that culture was um is a big part of it i think if i was uh, kind of born away from or grew up away from hawaii it would have been a little different um but, you know, family is, is huge, and um, everybody in my immediate family has tattoos that say ohana, um, which means family in Hawaiian. But um, I think that's the biggest biggest takeaway from um, kind of growing up in Hawaii and mm-hmm. um, living in a house that had, like, 20 people living in it. It was probably made for probably six or seven people to live in it, um, just family on top of each other. and um, didn't really think twice about it growing up. So. Yeah, such a cool, just the culture is so cool in that. I mean, you do, you become like one unit when you're living with that many people right. and you become so bonded. And um, so then then you moved moved around a lot and was a lot of that due to, I saw that your dad is a football coach. Is that a lot with his jobs, yep. taking jobs all over the country? Yep, that's, that's exactly the reason. Okay. Um, yeah, just kind of moving around. My dad started off as a graduate assistant at University of Arizona, and then he kind of started bouncing around coaching from there. Yeah. Do you um, – is him being a coach a big reason why you wanted to play football originally and why you wanted to get involved in it because dad was so involved in it? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was always – me and my, my older brother, we were always around football. Um, I mean, even the uh, – Running running backs coach here at um, Denver Broncos was my dad's like roommate oh, really? uh, University of Arizona um, as graduate assistants, and um, so he remembers me and my older brother Gabe just kind of always being around, and uh, we used to go in the locker rooms after games and think it was so cool. So uh, yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. Do you remember the day that you were like I or maybe maybe you didn't have this day, but I I know I had a day when I was like okay I want to be a professional soccer player. Do you remember the day that you were like okay I really want to be a professional football player? Like that's my dream. That's what I want to do. Uh, not really. Um, I, I was kind of always just kind of go with the go with the flow. Um, I mean I was always pretty good at football and always pretty good at basketball too but uh, it wasn't until I was shoot, probably a junior in college that I was like you know what maybe I should just keep playing and try to play in the NFL. <laughs> I love um, that I think that's a little bit a little bit I mean meeting you a couple of times you you are super laid back and I think that's a little bit of your Hawaiian culture in you too like right you're just pretty exactly. chill you're a pretty chill dude. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned basketball and you were recruited for both football and basketball, correct? Sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And um, do you think that being a multi-sport athlete has really helped you athletically excel? Excuse me, excel at a higher level. 
Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, from from just being in high school and playing football and basketball, that's part of the reason I got recruited to uh, to Penn State. Um, I was pretty very lightly recruited coming out of high school. Um, I was pretty undersized. I was like five five nine, one fifty. 150 pounds, so I didn't get a whole lot of attention, um, especially for football. But um, yeah, Joe Joe Paterno and uh, his son Jay Paterno uh, came to a well. Jay came to a basketball game and saw me play, and um, that's really how I got recruited for Penn State football was um, off the basketball court. Um, and of course, of course, my dad was coaching there, so they knew a little bit about me anyhow. But um, but yeah, basketball is a big, big reason for that. That is so crazy. And I mean, obviously there's so many things from basketball that translate into football, especially um, playing a receiver position, you know, your jumping and your timing and all that stuff really translates so well. Um, I can't believe that. Did you play basketball then at Penn state as well? Uh, Yeah, I played, I played one season of basketball at Penn state. I played my sophomore year. Um, we didn't win a we didn't win a game when oh. I was playing. <laughs> Whoops! By the time I came up to the team, like in the middle of in the middle of Big Ten play. Yeah. Um, like yeah. How was that? That, basketball that must have been so difficult, um, but probably a really cool experience at the same time to go to play two sports and especially sports that are like back to back seasons because, you know, yeah. probably part of your season was you were still with the football team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was on scholarship for football, so I, I definitely wasn't going to miss any football for basketball. Um, yeah. That wasn't going to be part of the deal. But, um, but yeah, I finished, finished up a football season my sophomore year and uh, pretty much went right into uh, practice with the basketball team, um, which took a little bit more getting in shape because basketball is a lot different, <laughs> right? Um, a lot more running. But, um, but yeah, it was awesome. It's a, it's a lot different than – or it was a lot different than being a part of the football team just because there's only but 15 guys and uh, you're doing a lot more traveling than you are with football. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're together a lot more and um, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, I think most football guys say that their first love is basketball. So I was um, pretty fortunate to be able to, to spend some time on the basketball team. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Do you still um, play at all now? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I play as much as I can, which yeah. isn't very much. But, right. um, but yeah, I love I love to um, go to whatever gym, 24-hour fitness or lifetime and, and play for a little bit. Yeah. actually just went last week and met, made the wrong decision and played full court one-on-one with a couple of friends of mine. So, what? Um, That's nuts. Why that. did you – yeah, why did you choose to do that? <laughs> It was, I thought it was good cardio, but it was it was too good. It was too good of cardio. How long did you have to lay on the court afterwards and just compose yourself because before you could actually get up and walk afterwards? Because right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I after that when I had that that second day soreness, like oh, the yeah. next day I was okay, and the second day I was Ugh. I was pretty beat up. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so you mentioned going to Penn State, and you had a really good career there. Um, does your what I read is you you were third place in career receptions. Is that stat still hold true to this day? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I love that. I'm not a big I'm not a big stat guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for looking that up. Yeah, but, right. Um, 
I got to do wanna, my research, I right? I want to that somebody broke that record. Okay. Well, you're up there. You're up there. Well, we'll just say you had a really good, you know, you had a good career at Penn State. That, and, um, that works. Okay. <laughs> and then, so the way football works, right? You go to the combine and show off to all the people watching you. And then um, how, I want to talk about that feeling because I feel like um, the next few years of your career were really like, um, had a lot of adversity in them. And I think it starts sure. with um, just not being drafted. So how did that feel to, you know, kind of get hyped up for that day and then to not have your name called? Do you remember that moment and kind of the feelings that went through through your mind? Yeah, that was, um, that was tough and disappointing and frustrating. Um, like you said, I, I didn't get drafted. I went to the Combine earlier that spring, which would have been 2009, um, and didn't do all that well at the Combine. I'm, like I said before, I'm not the biggest guy, so I wasn't going to bench press a whole lot of weight, or I'm not even the fastest guy, so I didn't run extremely fast. And um, if you're not that strong, then you better be fast, and if you're not that fast, you better be strong. So I kind of had two things not, not really going for me, and um, – yeah, I remember watching the draft. Uh, my dad was coaching at Baylor uh, University at the time, so I was sitting in Waco, Texas, um, at my parents' house watching the draft. And mm -hmm. um, that year, actually, Penn State, we had two uh, two other wide receivers, uh, three of us that came out of school that year, and those two both got drafted in the third round. And they were both um, – they still are. They're both about the same size as me, 5'11", um, under 200 pounds and um, you know so so seeing my two buddies get drafted yeah kind of made me feel like oh I'm I'm definitely about to get drafted then here pretty soon and um, you know I mean you know how the story goes it kind of just time kept going by rounds and uh, picks kept going by and I didn't get picked and um, yeah it's definitely um, definitely a gut check and you definitely end up setting your your pride aside for mm -hmm for a while and uh, looking for the best way to move forward. Yeah. And how, how do you refocus after that and, and get back to, you know, I, like you just said, you know, there's two guys that were on your team who got drafted, you know, there, there is a spot for players like you in the league. So how do you right. kind of go from, okay, I didn't get drafted to, I still think there's a shot. Like, I still think I can do this. Yeah. Well, well, fortunately for me, <clears throat> um, Fortunately for me, that in the first place, that wasn't the first time that um, I was not wanted or right. felt not wanted by a by a coach or by a team. Um, so I, I mean, so it was it was only natural for me, uh, fortunately, to keep um, I guess kind of keep my head up and um, look for the best opportunity still. And um, I mean, actually, not even ten minutes after the draft, I'm on the phone with like eight different teams trying to figure out wow. um, where I should sign as an undrafted free agent. So that was, uh, that was kind of, I mean, pretty exciting too. I mean, it's, I mean, before the draft was even over, um, there's teams calling me and saying, Hey, if you don't get drafted, we, we really, we want you here. We need you. And so that was, um, that was cool. Even though uh, it kind of, it kind of turned things around pretty quickly. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, it's not your first time that you've gone through something where somebody doesn't want you. And um, 
I had that same kind of thing in my soccer career where I was young and I was, um, I was the smallest player on my team until we were 18, 17, 18 years old. So I was, um, not really looked at as like, a Oh, what, you know, you're kind of overlooked, I guess you would say, but I feel like being that player, you have certain like characteristics and qualities that become like so true to who you are. And like you, create this, you know, I, I had to believe in myself any more than people didn't believe in me. And I think the belief in myself was something that helped me excel. Is that, um, is that something that you felt from an early age? Like you always just believed that no matter the circumstances, like you could, you could compete and do well. And you just had a, an underlying belief in self. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think for one thing I was, uh, I mean, I believed in myself for the most part, and um, I knew that I was blessed with some abilities. I knew I was mm-hmm. a good athlete, whether it was football or basketball. Um, and even even furthermore, it was it was kind of what made it tough for me with growing up was uh, moving around so much mm-hmm. and uh, to be the new kid somewhere and be undersized or small and um, that's just not the best way to just hop onto a team and, and, uh, get going. I mean, yeah. um, my brother, my older brother, who's a year older than me is he's, um, he's six, six and an awesome basketball player. He plays overseas. So, um, I was always envious of the way he got to move to a new school or move, new state and people just look at him and be like, Oh man, he can probably, he's probably really good at basketball or, um, move to move. So, um, so there, I mean, so there was even times when honestly, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of belief in myself just because mm-hmm. I was so frustrated. Yeah. Um, but fortunately I had people like my, my dad and my, my older brother who, um, you know, encouraged me, um, and believed in me sometimes more than I believed in myself and, and, um, you know, made sure I was out there, uh, playing basketball or football or, uh, trying out, um, even if I didn't want to. Um, so they, they really helped me out. Yeah. Talk about that Ohana again, you know, that family, the team that surrounded you all the time, no matter where you went. Um, you got, you guys had some good bonds there and probably I'm sure still do. So, um, and you talk about just kind of, I feel like life and timing and, you know, um, I think we're on the same page that everything happens for a reason and um, there's a plan to our lives and just the way that you hopped around when you were younger, then, you know, you come to the NFL and, um, you know, it's, it's tough and you go from being, you know, one of the, like any pro athlete, you go from being one of the best on your teams to being among the best of the best. And, uh, you go from the Browns to the Eagles, to the Browns, to the Bucks, and, you know, you're, you're hopping around teams, but in some ways, I feel like your life kind of prepared you for that. Right. Yeah, um, you're exactly right. Uh, fortunately, because a lot of guys don't have the the pleasure of moving around growing up and, and being prepared for um, change in different situations. But, um, but yeah, I, I would say that uh, the way I was raised and the way we, we moved around a lot and the way um, – I had to kind of struggle to to make teams here and there growing up really prepared me for um, some of the adversity I had early in my career. And, um, 
and of course, I mean, for me, uh, my faith played a, plays a huge role in uh, being able to make it through uh, tough times. And because um, I mean, because when I got to the NFL, I was on my own. I moved to, like you said, I moved to Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a single person there, and um, you know, I didn't always have like my dad or my older brother there to to kind of help push me along. So. Um, so I, I, I was fortunate to have um, a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was faith, faith-wise that um, really able, really enabled me to, to keep uh, pushing forward through some of those, uh, some of those getting fired from teams. Yeah. Year in year out. Right. And do you remember, like, um, I don't know, what's your mindset when that happens? You know, I think that it's easy to avoid the struggle and, and not, you know, just for a lot of people give up, like how, how do you, what's your mindset to keep going or to, to go from team to team? And like, how are you approaching that to um, get the most out of it? I guess. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say that my approach is or has been to, I mean, really as much as possible live in the moment. Um, so if it's, it's week three of training camp and um, practices are tough and I'm not sure yeah. I'm going to make the team. Um, you know, there, there's nothing I can do except go out there on that day and, and practice as hard as I can, um, you know, given the circumstances. So, um, I mean, I kind of, I, I guess I kind of felt the same way when I did get cut by the Cleveland Browns or did get cut by the, Tampa Bay Buccaneers I was kind of just in that moment and mm-hmm. um essentially like okay well um all I can do is is keep working and uh see what's next I mean um you know for me I, I've played football and basketball since I was in third grade mm-hmm. um second third grade um so it was it was always kind of just like uh okay well we'll just just move on to the next opportunity to play and um you know, fortunately, football-wise, that's turned into uh, yeah. an eight-year career. Yeah, crazy to me. that is. That is, I mean, that's such an achievement in itself in NFL these days. It's such a, I mean, it is a hard sport to, you know, have a longer career in. And after, you know, you, your first few years were, were tough. And um, then the, the moment comes, you sign with the Broncos uh, start off the 2014 season with them or the um, off season with them. And then um, a bit, a, a big, another big challenge comes your way in the form yeah. of an ACL injury. And was this the first major injury that you had ever had? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is the first, definitely the first sports uh, surgery that I would have. Yeah. Um, first you... time missing an entire season with right. the injury. Yeah. Right. And do you remember the day and um, some of your initial thoughts that went through your head right when it happened? Yeah. Um, so let's see a little bit of the situation. Uh, we were in, in training camp. We were um, the, we have mixed practices sometimes with other teams. So we were practicing against the Houston Texans. Okay. I've seen that on hard um, knocks, you know. I I, yeah, I keep not, up on hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine it gets right. like super heated. 
in some yeah, of the. I mean, instances. and then you play the team at the end of the week. Right. Uh, doesn't even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so so we were practicing against the Texans, and um, I want to say it was the third week of training camp, um, and I had just this was my first year with the Broncos, mm-hmm. um, and I had just started to like take reps with the first team, so I'm. Oof in there with Peyton yeah. Manning and uh, just starting to, you know, kind of show the coaches that, that I deserve to be on the team and they were starting to feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was just in a, in a drill, a passing drill with, against the Texans. Uh, Peyton threw me a pass and I jumped up to catch it and uh, must've just landed in like a small little divot mm-hmm. in the grass and uh, my knee buckled and, I immediately went to the ground and um, chucked my mouthpiece. I remember taking it out of my mouth and just Mm -hmm. throwing it. Um, But after, I mean, after maybe five or 10 seconds, I I calmed down pretty, pretty well. And uh, they put me up on a cart and drove me back into the locker room. And I remember getting off the cart, walking into the locker room and like, Oh, I think I'm okay. I must've just like sprained my knee or something. I must be okay. And um, went to get an MRI or um, MRI or whatever, and got the MRI. Got back to the facility, to the locker room, and got on the phone with my mom and dad and uh, my older brother, and told them all, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm fine. I can walk on it fine. So I'm sure, I'm sure I just sprained it or something. Um, but sure enough. Uh, Dr. Boglick, who did my, ended up doing my shirt, surgery, came mm-hmm. back in, and he was like, yeah, um, you tore your ACL. Um, we pretty much knew it on the field, but we wanted to make sure. So um, so that was that. I mean, Isn't it so shocking to you that, I mean, these doctors <laughs> go through it all the time, which is another big issue that they are going through this all the time, but um, that they can just say it as such like a matter of fact, like, it's just like, well, your life changed right now, and you tore your ACL, right. and I'm like, what? Like when you say that, I like immediately, I'm like, how do you just say? How do they just say that to us like that? Like exactly. But you know, it's and, it's just so strange. And it doesn't it it doesn't feel like it's like sitting there like yeah. it doesn't feel torn right. Like, and you can walk yeah, and you yeah. like feel pretty normal and like it hurts initially. Right. You're like, okay, that didn't feel right, and then. You're like, oh, yeah. all right, maybe I'm okay. Maybe I'm okay. And then your mind gets into, you know, you start thinking, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then you tell yeah. you, they tell you, and it's like an, another shock, like, oh, gosh. So, the, you know, to have this, this was my first major injury as well. And it's, um, okay. or first injury, really, I, n- I never got hurt. And it's, it's such a long recovery, <laughs> right? And um, yeah. physically and mentally and emotionally grueling in so many different ways. Do you remember um, some of the hardest parts about your, your rehab? Uh, let's go maybe one, one physically and then one mentally or uh, emotionally. And maybe those are all kind of wrapped up in one or, or maybe they're separate instances. Sure. Um, let's see. I think one of the toughest days for me emotionally, um, aside from the day that I tore it and mm-hmm. having to hear the doctor tell me that I tore it, um, was the day that I had surgery. Yeah. Uh, or really the day after I had surgery. Yeah. Um, so I had surgery maybe a week after I tore it. 
um, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, mm-hmm. um, was fortunately there for me to kind of take care of me. Um, so nice to have somebody well, that can do that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, honestly, the way that NFL works is um, you really don't know if you're going to make the team or not. So guys like myself in that situation uh, pretty much stay in hotels uh, through training camp. Um, they don't really go oh, ahead wow. and lease an apartment or buy a house yeah. or anything like that because, you know, you might be – there's 90 guys in training camp and only 53 make the team. So the, almost the majority of guys will be finding – employment somewhere else in the NFL or elsewhere period so anyways I tore my ACL and I didn't have a place to live even though I knew that I was going to be in Denver for the rest of that season uh, rehabbing mm-hmm. um, so with the torn ACL my girlfriend at the time and I had to figure out a place for me to live and uh, so we found an apartment and we got a mattress and by the time I had surgery, I had an apartment and a mattress. <laughs> That's all I had. That's all I had in my apartment. Oh um, my gosh! Which was, I mean, it was it was kind of funny. But um, I remember the next day after surgery, going back to the um, going back to the physician, to the doctor, and um, just unwrapping the wraps on my knee, and, uh, just seeing how swollen and just yeah. how ugly my knee looked and that was like that was pretty emotionally terrifying for me I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of just said to myself like how am I even gonna walk again much less run much less cut and jump and do all those things that I used to do totally um it kind of made set the reality in that this is going to be a long process um so that was that was emotionally pretty tough um Let's see, mentally and physically, I, I think kind of went hand in hand. Um, going through the, the rehab, and I mean, you know how it goes, just just starting off with range of motion and being able to bend your knee mm-hmm. um, what was tough. But um, as far as when I, when I finally got to, got to being able to, to run a little bit and um, jump and cut and those things, that that was the, the probably the biggest hurdle mentally, yeah. And uh, and it ended up being physically too. Just to just to go from eighty five percent back to one hundred percent was uh, almost almost scary. Um, uh, I think any sport where you have cleats on, mm. um, like you would know, is is probably pretty pretty scary as far as knee stability goes and and putting your cleats in the ground. Um, while you're running as fast as you can to change direction. Yeah. Um, that takes a lot of, um, that takes a lot mentally to, to be able to do. And like cutting off those ties between your brain and your body saying like, I just saw my knee a couple months ago and it looked like a swollen balloon. And now I'm trying to do this. And, and even though we don't like consciously think of those, I think that there's such a mental, um, block that has to be worked through and is really physically it's hard and mentally it's hard to like trust your body again and say okay I have put in the work like you know you put in the work but to get to the point where you're like I can run and jump and cut and catch and fall and get hit without thinking about it is a really you're right that last part is a really hard part and um but so crucial to get over that hump 
Yeah. 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 Do you remember anything that you did to kind of offset the moments of difficult uh, of difficulty? Uh, well, I definitely prayed. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, like I said, my, my faith plays and played. Um, I mean, just a huge role in being able to move through that and, um, and still being able to move through kind of the ups and downs of um, football in general. Mm-hmm. But um, is there a, a certain yeah. verse that comes to your mind, like that you would just like pray over mm. yourself? Um, I mean, one of my favorite verses is Ephesians two ten, and it um, basically tells us that we're we're God's masterpiece, and He has good things planned for us, um, good things that He planned for us long ago before we even we were even born. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just um, just being being able to rest in that knowledge that um, that there's a promise for my life that's bigger than this ACL or bigger than um, getting cut by a yeah. team. Um, that's kind of, I mean, that's that's pretty much where my faith lies is is in God's promise that um, even the good things that I think I I want for my life, God has even better things for me. Um, so cool to think about that. I love that. Yeah. We, th- we think we like have, you know, oh, we're going to do this and it's going to be so great. And he's like, well, look at what right. I'm going to do. It's going to be even better than you can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And then, so I, I just am really interested in the mental and mental side of recovery. And did you use um, affirmations? Like, did you write anything that you could see daily or did you visualize yourself back on the field during doing specific plays? Like what part of the mental side did you really tap into to help you get back? Um, I mean, I, I would, I would suppose I, I visualized a lot. Um, I don't know if I sat down and, and intentionally visualized, yeah. but um, I, I definitely had to, you know, think about myself being back out there and think about myself um, competing and, and how hard I was going to compete uh, when I got healthy. Um, and you in know, some I, ways, I definitely did those things. Yeah, in some ways it was probably nice too that you were with the Broncos and you had the ability to watch them through a whole season and, and watch the games and see how people in your position played and learn that way too. You know, I think that's a big part of the mental, especially for you guys. I mean, there's so many plays that you have to learn, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, like you said, it, it was cool to be able to go to games and sit up in the box and watch from there um, and kind of, you know, that that would, I mean, that's like firsthand visualizing myself yeah. back out there. Yep. Um, you just place a little number 11 yeah, on the back of those jerseys instead of like a number right. 10 or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, do you remember a moment where you, I call it like my light at the end of the tunnel moment, like you could see it, you're, you're in some kind of like, I don't know, agility drill or something and you push off and you're like, dang, I, I can do this. Like I am almost there. Yeah. Um, I think actually for me, it was, uh, the next year. So I got, I tore my ACL in August, 2014 Mm -hmm. and then, um April I think probably late April uh 2015 uh was my first real opportunity to be back on the field with with guys mm-hmm. um during our off-season program 
And um, so we, we would do some football drills and practicing um, at that time. And I remember coming in from a practice day, drill day, um, and I would come into the training room every day after practice and, mm-hmm. um, you know, give, a, give an update on how my knee's feeling and things like that. And I had to I had to look down at my knee to see which knee had the scar to see. Oh, so cool. Uh, to see, yeah, to see which knee was the one that was had been torn and repaired. Um, so, anyways, I, I I forgot which. Um, it felt so normal that I had forgot which I had torn in that moment. Um, so I think that was pretty much like the. Yep. I mean, I guess if I forgot which I tore, then yeah. I'm, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Um, that is so cool. So a couple of months before that, in February, I actually. We, we met for the first time at the, uh, a Make-A-Wish Foundation event in Colorado, and um, I remember standing before we all went on stage, and you were, um, I was talking to Vaughn Miller and you, and I was telling you guys about uh, my idea for the ACL Club and how we're just this community of people who really support one another through um, everything that happens in the process. And how much did you lean on players like Vaughn on your team who had gone through ACL injury before during your recovery? Uh, a lot. Um, I mean, being on, on injured reserve throughout the season and um, still being around the guys, but not really around the guys. You're not in mm-hmm. all the meetings. You're not out there at practice. Um, you know, they just kind of see you every day, but you're in the training room every day. Um, but it was, it was good to, to have guys like Vaughn and, and Chris Harris, mm-hmm. um, you know, pop their head in, in the training room and ask me how I'm doing, see where I'm at, um, be able to say, oh, you, your patella is a little sore. Yeah, that happened. That's, that's, that's how it was for me too. Like it'll, it'll go away. And, um, you know, just being, uh, being able, having the, the ability to be reassured, um, throughout the process that I was on the right track mm-hmm. um, from guys other than the, the trainer mm-hmm. <laughs> or, yeah. the physical ther- or the physical therapist um, was, was pretty cool. Yeah. And just people being mindful, you know, I think a lot of the times you walk out to training or, you know, the guys are practicing and you can be out there, but you're not, pl- you're not playing, but you seem pretty normal. So like people forget and it's fine. <laughs> like we all have busy lives, but just, just that I think being a part of the ACL club, you just realize like the little things like a pat on the back or, you know, say, you know, just popping your head in the training room and, and checking in can mean so much more than people even understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. You definitely, you you definitely can feel uh, forgot about. um, Yeah. Especially in football where there's, where there's 50, 50 guys on a (laughs) team. I don't even know how you remember everybody's names. Do you, do you remember everybody's names? <laughs> That's a great question. One that I will not. You'll answer. pass. You'll pass. Pass on that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Good. Good choice. Um. Okay. So of course, like, I I am like one of those sports fans that I I go for like the stories. Like I love I love athletes and like, uh, but I love comeback stories. Like so that next year after meeting you at this event, of course you became my favorite player and. <laughs> um, it was kind of a good year for the Broncos, but before we get to, back to like how great of a year it was and like the reality of that, um, do you remember your first game back on the field? It was your first game really at Mile High at Sports Authority. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 
Yeah. Um, so my, my first game back, uh, 2015, um, we opened the season against the Baltimore Ravens. And, um, yeah, I, I actually happened to start the game um, just because the, the first play we decided to run was with three wide receivers. So um, that's when my number gets called. But, um, I mean, it, it was awesome. Um, the last game I had played in, uh, last regular regular season game I played in was in 2012, um, which I mean obviously is three the three years prior to that. Um, and that 2012 season I only played in two games uh, before a midfoot sprain um, put me out pretty much for the rest of the season. I, but I only played in two games either way. Um, so really the last. Last time I had, like, geared up was pretty much, like, four years ago at that point. And, you know, to be playing at, at Mile High Stadium for a Super Bowl contending team with um, breaking Manning. the huddle with yeah. Peyton Manning, exactly, and Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, is I mean, it, it's just crazy um, to, to even dream about, much less. Um, think that's out the way things were going to go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it was awesome. And, okay. The way the season went. There, yeah, I mean, better. just just ridiculous. <laughs> so I I have to ask you because um, I don't know how you do this. Like, how do you stand back there on a kick return or a punt return and like everyone? I mean, how? What is your level of focus? Like a hundred and seventy six. Like, do you, are you seeing nothing but the ball? Like that's such a dr- dramatic so were you returning you were punt returning at that point too like right when you got back like you just must not yeah. think about I mean your injury you already felt a hundred percent and you're just like all right now I'm good like I, I'm not even thinking about anything but catching this ball right now yeah um I mean you, you definitely can't think about much more than catching the ball Gosh. um I think you guys are nuts, I mean, yeah. by the way, a little bit. Do you think you're kind of nuts? Well, my, my mom doesn't want me to do that, and my <laughs> wife doesn't want me to do that either. So uh, you're not the only one. But um, but do you like but, yeah, it? I mean, like, it, do you it, like that, be, playing that role? I like it. I, I, I like it a lot more when it goes well. Um, oh, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there, there's times that it doesn't work out the way you want it to. Because you're um, human. Like, that's so weird, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, just, that is like such a unbelievable thing to me. So, um, like you said, you're breaking the huddle with these amazing players, not only on offense, but defensively, like just Broncos have a a phenomenal year and you guys make it to Super Bowl 50. Like what a cool year too, to make it to the Super Bowl. Your first year playing fully with a, with a team, um, you go to the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl 50. It is like the most wild thing. I think I told you this last time I saw you, but I actually, I, I was like running late cause I had to catch a flight and I'm running into the, um, stadium cause I randomly got a ticket to the game by a friend, which was like the coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like running in and I'm like in this sea of Norwood. I'm not kidding. Everybody around me is no wearing way. Norwood jerseys. And I'm like, what is going on? So I like tap, tap this girl on the shoulder. I'm like, are you guys related to Jordan Norwood? And I think it was your sister who's tall and looks okay. very athletic as well too, right? She plays basketball. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't. She looks athletic, but she's 
a dancer that's just that's, oh. that's where it ends for her yeah well that I mean that's yeah. pretty athletic too being a dancer because I can't I can't yeah. do that yeah. like um <laughs> so anyways and they they were saying yes and I you know we had the moment where I was like oh I met him last year when he was injured and like I'm so happy for him and they're like we are too and and then we go in and <laughs> um obviously so this this whole thing was so exciting and I can't imagine what it was like to be on the field that day. Do you remember any moments from that? Like anything that hit you that you were like, oh my gosh, I'm at the Super Bowl. I'm on, I'm not at the Super Bowl. I'm playing in the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, there, there were a few moments. Um, <laughs> the first was, was definitely uh, right before the game started and uh, the national anthem was about to be sung and, like here comes Lady Gaga. She she walked like right down our sideline, um, and like I mean like arms length away, just walked right down our sideline and kind of said hey to everybody. And I mean I kind of geeked out a little bit. Yeah, she was so good too. Yeah, I mean that was awesome. And then I remember even even during the game, um, kind of into the right after halftime I think or maybe right before. Um, just like looking around and the sun was kind of like setting and just looking at all the Super Bowl 50 insignia all over the stadium and mm-hmm. just kind of having a a little emotional moment there yeah. <laughs> on the sideline yeah. during the game. I, I wonder that cool. too, because I feel like the, one of my like favorite things in life is like when big, tough, like football or basketball or any guys athletic guys when they win something or when they're in moments that are like really um are important to their sport or you know of of status like this last week with the um basketball games and they show like true 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 emotion you know it's not like I'm I'm holding it in because I'm a tough football player like those moments of just like kind of letting go do those happen? Like right. you, you kind of said, like you, you had these moments where like you get a little emotional and you, how, how do you snap back to be like, okay, time to play football. Not, we can't go there yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it doesn't take much more than a, a loud bang on the field or some helmet hitting so <laughs> that snaps you back to reality. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, an awesome experience just, just to be there, much less playing the game, much less win the game, much less, contribute to winning the game yeah and Um, you really did contribute you had a huge punt return um that set set us up and i mean do you do you remember that play specifically or was it a play that you like kind of where you're in the zone you kind of black out and you're like later i'll have to watch it later because i don't really know what happened but it was good (laughs) uh i definitely blacked out like at the beginning of the play um I mean, I remember the ball being punted to me, and I remember it being kind of short. And I remember deciding to catch it, like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go get it. Right. And um, so at that point, I kind of blacked out. I, I caught the ball, I guess, and got hit, bumped, <laughs> you did, bumped yep. a little bit, I guess. And then I woke back up, and I was running down the sideline. Um, but I mean, even even that play for me was, I mean, just kind of crazy I mean I wasn't uh, going into the game I wasn't the punt returner that for that game right um Emmanuel Emmanuel Sanders was and um right before that play um uh, not I don't think anybody I don't even know if I've told many people this at all but right before that play he was kind of 
kind of turned to me and was like, hey, man, you feel like doing this one? Um, um, you know, I, I got I think he needed to, like, tape his ankles or something like that. But um, he was like, you mind doing this one? And I was like, yeah, of course, man. Just, you know, go talk to the special teams coach and tell him that you want me to do it. Oh, <laughs> and, my gosh. Um, so he did, and I went back there, and, and I guess I guess the rest is history kind of. But that's um, that's so cool. yeah so cool the whole thing um any anything stick out particular in winning and celebrating and coming home to denver and um seeing all the millions of people that came to see you guys <laughs> right um i mean i don't know where to start i mean it was awesome right after the game to see um my family with some of my family right yeah. on the field and everything it was awesome did you do um, any my confetti family. confetti angels in the gold confetti uh, did you take some in your pocket and, well you don't have pockets like stick it somewhere to right. keep <laughs> well i think i think there there ended up being some like in like in my helmet kind of stuck oh, in yeah. my helmet uh-huh. <laughs> and stuck in my cleats a little bit that i found later um but yeah i mean celebrating after the game there was like a post party and um, I had like four or five buddies in, in town for the game too. Um, so that was awesome. Coming back to the um, parade was awesome. The ring ceremony was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mean, it's quite the ring. You showed it to me the other day. It was, yeah. It was, oh my gosh. That yeah. thing will break your arm. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, well, so cool. I mean, what a what a great setup to go from, um, you know, the year before where you're just really relearning how to run and cut again to a year later when you're hoisting the Lombardi Trophy and winning a Super Bowl and, you know, just celebrating, you know, a lot of what you've been through and all the ups and downs and the perseverance it took to stay with it. You know, Jordan, not a lot of people would do that. So, um, you know, so much, a lot of props for that, for sticking with it and, um, trusting in your journey for sure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to just a quick couple things about, um, your ACL process. Do you have any takeaways from it? Uh, anything you've learned that, um, have really stuck with you as you continue to, um, your career in football? Um, let's see here. I think I had a lot of reinforcement through it. Um, I had a lot of reinforcement that, again, with my faith, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of reinforcement that uh, there's good things in store for me. Um, yeah. No matter what the circumstance looks like at the time. Um, I actually read a, read a book uh, while, while I was going through uh, rehab and rehabilitation and everything called uh, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Oh my gosh, I just um, pulled that out to share with people. Really? That yeah. book is awesome. I know. I mean, it's, it's a pretty pretty slim book, like it's a quick read. Um, but uh, I think that, that book really helped me. It's kind of like uh, the gist of it, um, as far as the thing goes. I don't know if you've read it, read it yet, but it's um, basically like if the cards are all stacked against you, um, you know, how much better of a story does that make mm-hmm. um, for you to succeed? And um, in in the context of the book, it, it's, a, it's 
um, a faith-based book. So for you to be able to glorify God after um, the cards have been stacked so heavily against you is um, it's pretty cool. So that so that's kind of um, what I look forward to in that situation, and and what I kind of look forward to in any situation where I feel like things aren't going my way, or mm-hmm. um, or if I if I'm feeling frustrated, I'm I'm just kind of like, how much better of a story is this going to mm-hmm. be um, to come from where I'm at right now into into what I can't see in the future that that those good things that uh, God has planned for me. So. For sure. Uh, That's awesome. And, and so many uh, people that are listening to this are going to be going, you know, maybe in the middle of a a tough injury recovery. And um, what info, or do you want to leave them with some kind of inspiration of, um, you know, that you can send to them to help them get through? Uh, Sure. I I would, I would say to to stay in the moment. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. that could even go for no matter what situation you're in. But um, in terms of an ACL rehab, staying in the moment, I think is um, is key. I mean, not being able to, not needing to look too far in the future. But um, you know, if you're just working on uh, range of motion today, to then give all your attention and effort into um, doing the best at straighten, straightening your leg out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's all you can do. That's all you can control for that day, right? Uh, in that moment. So I love that. Um, I love yeah, that. Once you stack all those moments together, it'll you'll mm-hmm. look back and see that uh, that it worked out. Okay, I have like three other big questions for you, but I have been doing this little like um, rapid fire thing. Do you want to participate in rapid fire, which is a few questions of just like you've got to answer as quickly as you can, which has not been going very quickly, but maybe you can change that around, Jordan. Maybe you can really start something. I'll try. Okay. I'm not good. I'm okay. Not good okay. All right. We'll do it. Um, all right. Here we go. What's your favorite food? Uh, mac and cheese. Mm, favorite color? Orange. Who's your favorite athlete? Uh, Alan Iverson. Okay. Um, I'm a soccer girl, so I got to say Messi or, or Ronaldo. Messy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Great choice. Um, what's your favorite song right now? Um, man, I'm not good with song titles. Uh, let's see. Here. You can always sing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's from the Moana soundtrack. Oh, my, yes, my daughter lo- watches Moana. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's such a good song though. It's, um, Elisa Cara or. Yeah. But yeah. I, I like the, um, the song, uh, the rock sings, thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's called thank you. Can you look it up sometime? Okay. Uh, what's your favorite book? Uh, my favorite book is mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Sweet. Uh, do you have tattoos? I think you already mentioned one. I have. Yeah. I have a few. I have, uh, one tattoo on my back that says Ohana. I have a tattoo on my kind of my side that is John 14, six. And I have a tattoo on my wrist that says the four life, which my little crew from high school all has. Oh, uh, can you name a favorite one or you just love them all the same? A, fr- a favorite tattoo? Yeah. Um, I suppose the one on my side, the Bible verse is my yeah. favorite. Um, are you an early riser or a night owl? Uh, I am an early riser yeah. and a night owl. Is that all right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it could be a slash. We'll just do a slash. <laughs> um, what's your favorite emoji? Uh, my favorite emoji is the uh, like fist that's like up, not the pound fist, but the fist that's in the like, air. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you had a superpower, what would you choose that power to be? It would be time travel. Mm. Cool. Good one. Oh, you can see so many <laughs> things. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Um. My biggest pet peeve is, I, I, I'm not going to be able to think of that yeah. one right now. That's fine. Um, <laughs> if you left for vacation today, where would you go? Now you could probably think of that one. Yeah, we would go to Honolulu, Hawaii. Mm, good choice. Uh, what's your favorite alternative workout that's not football or basketball? We'll go with that. Um man let's go with i mean i'm the type to like just pop out like 50 push-ups when i'm walking down the hallway you are if, if i feel like yeah cool <laughs> i would never do that i hate push-ups oh uh, yeah I'm, I'm like a random <laughs> random throughout the day yeah you're like person. okay i'll get some in right now if you if i'll do a wall set i'll do some push-ups <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, okay. Um, so you did pretty good, actually. You're much quicker than the other people that I've asked all these, these, um, questions to. So high five over the phone to you. Um, and then, okay. So one thing that I tell a lot of people during injury recovery is like, I think a lot of us, um, our sports are kind of our creative outlet. And when we lose that, um, physically and creatively, we kind of feel a little bit like, um, without right like we don't have that release so um i i follow you on social media and you are really a great photographer and if people don't follow him you guys should i'll, I'll link everything but um was photography something that you loved before your injury or is it something that you've kind of started over the last few years uh yeah photography is something that i've really just started over the past couple of years um i was always I kind of went through high school and college taking a lot of graphic design courses. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up being an advertising major at Penn State, but um, I took a lot of graphic design classes. So I guess that um, kind of art background has always been my thing. But mm -hmm. uh, when I tore my ACL, actually, my uh, wife, um, girlfriend at the time, bought me a camera for my birthday uh, that September and kind of just took off from there with yeah. uh being obsessed with it and do you think that really helped it. you yeah. as a a different outlet just to kind of focus your mind on something um because I think creativity you have to be so in the in the moment like you are talking about and it it you have to forget kind of a little bit about what's happening physically to you that you you focus on something do you think that helped you with your recovery yeah yeah I think I think so definitely um I mean I would go to uh, physical therapy in the mornings and um, be anxious to get out of there so I can go to Red Rocks or Lookout Mountain or mm -hmm. uh, Garden of the Gods and take some pictures. So Sweet. it definitely helped me out. Yeah. Um, okay. Two more questions. Let's imagine um, we're many years from now 
and your career is over and you're looking back on the whole thing, what do you want people to remember you for? What do you want your, your legacy to be? Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I, personally, I would, I would hope that people remember me for, um, both my teammates and fans alike. I, I would hope that people remember me for uh, honoring God in the way that I play in the way that I, um, in the case of my teammates, in the way that I even approach practice and, um, day-to-day little things. I would, I would hope that they would remember me that way. It's awesome. I think I think they probably already do. You're you're building that you're building that currently and I um you know as as a Bronco fan and someone who, you know, became a fan of you just from meeting you one time, it's been cool to to watch you do that to honor God throughout this whole process. Um, so, so, so you're doing a good job, Jordan. Okay, Thanks. last thing. So the the podcast is called Show Your Scars. And I just like to know what uh, show your scars means to people and what your scar means to you. Uh, sure. My, my scar means to me um, just what I've been through, what I, um, what I have gone through both with the ACL surgery and um, a lot of things that have happened in my career and in my life. Um, it shows um, what I've been through to get to where I am now. And it shows that, um, despite the scar, I'm a lot stronger mm-hmm. uh, than I was before it. Um, I mean, like they say, your, your knee actually repairs a lot stronger. Um, and I think that sharp, that scar shows it for my knee and it uh, kind of shows it for my, for my life too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan, for talking to me. I really appreciate it. And it's cool to hear your journey from, you know, your beginnings in Hawaii to where it's it's come to now. And um, I wish you nothing but success. Oh, likewise. Thanks a lot for having me yeah. on here. Thank you. There he is, Jordan Norwood, living in the moment throughout the whole process, tapping into his creative side through photography, loving every step of the process persevering through tough times a lot of people would quit and he didn't and I was very honest and truthful when I gave him props for that because that is tough it's a tough league in general but to continue to battle and fight for something that you know you're supposed to be a part of was really really cool to see and I'm glad our paths crossed and I got to talk to him about some of the cool ways that he stayed in the moment during his injury recovery. I love that story about him looking down after coming in from practice and was like, I don't remember which knee I hurt because I felt so good. It's such a great moment to really feel like you are back all the way. I also liked how he talked about not only did he feel like this process of injury um, challenged him, but it like reinforced things within his knowledge of himself that he already knew, how it reinforced his character, his faith, and other things that he knew were were there, but when times are tough, those are when you really realize what you are all about. I can't thank Jordan Norwood, Super Bowl champ and expert photographer, enough for his time. Make sure you check him out on Instagram, and there's links in his Instagram to his photos. 
him and his wife are both very talented photographers and you guys should all check them out and get us a couple of his prints like see what he's got Denver's got some cool places and he's taken a lot of really cool pictures here to have a little piece of inspiration from Jordan Norwood himself I want to know what you guys think what was your favorite part of the episode email me jordan at the aclclub.com and let me know I want to know what you guys like the best about the podcast and if you have a minute give it a review let us know how we're doing and maybe who we can interview next who you want us to reach out to because there are so many cool stories out there we want to help tell them Thanks again for listening to Show Your Scars. Go out there, share your strength with one another, give each other a high five, and show your scars with pride.